As Justin was bringing the car to a stop in front of the house on Lima Street, Amy reached for his hand. He pulled away, making a quick, unnecessary adjustment to his shirt collar. He didn't want her to know he was trembling. This complicated place in which he'd spent his childhood looked deceptively serene, like an old-fashioned summer house where wood floors are polished to a warm glow by small bare feet, rooms are filled with cool breezes, and the jigsaw puzzles inevitably have missing pieces. Justin's memory was a lot like one of those puzzles. It, too, had missing pieces. Blank spaces where important parts of his past should have been. It was bizarre. It was the truth. And he could no longer ignore it. Do you want me to come? Amy asked. Or to wait? He wanted both. He wanted neither. What he said was, I want it to be tomorrow or an hour from now. I just want this to be over. Justin had ceased dealing with this house more than a decade ago, but in all the discarded years, he'd never forgotten its details. The perfumed sugar smell of his mother's closet, the indentation on the wood frame of his bedroom window that resembled the smiling face of a clown, the fish shapes in the sea-green tiles on the bathroom wall. And he remembered his family, his mother, Caroline, her low, clear voice, and the songs she'd taught him to sing, his sisters, Lissa and Julie, and his feeling of terrified delight when they would push him higher and higher in the swings in the park across the street. And Justin remembered watching his father run, and he remembered how fast he could move, faster than any little boy could ever follow. What Justin no longer recalled was why he had let so much time pass without ever returning to his home or contacting the people who lived there. In college, and in the ten years following, when he'd been rising swiftly through the ranks of hotel management, he had always come up with the same superficial answer when asked about his family. Nothing more substantial than that they lived in California and that he was fond of them but not close with them. This is what he'd told Amy in the course of their whirlwind courtship, and it was what had been told to her parents when they had been given the news of Justin and Amy's marriage. It was a story Justin had repeated countless times. With each recitation, he knew he was deliberately choosing to let go of his past. But he didn't know why. Justin, this place is amazing! Amy's voice seemed to be floating toward him from a great distance. It looks like some old-fashioned, really remote vacation home, and yet here it is, less than twenty minutes away from Los Angeles. At the sound of a small, fussy cough, Amy turned her attention away from the house. She leaned over and quickly reached into the back seat, for Zack. He was waking up from his nap, squirming and eager to be free of his car seat. There was something in Amy's swift, fluid movement that made Justin think of the first time he'd ever seen her, in London, crossing the lobby of the hotel in a peach-colored dress. Her legs had been bare and lightly tanned. Justin had immediately wondered what it would be like to rest his face between those lightly tanned, bare legs, how the heat of it might feel, how the color of it might be the same peachy hue as her dress, and how the taste of it might be the taste of honey. Now, as this odd, trembling fear was moving through him, Justin wanted nothing more than to rest his head in Amy's lap, 
simply for the warmth and comfort of it. But instead, he got out of the car. He walked away from his waiting wife and baby and went toward the strange place in which he had accomplished his growing up. As he climbed the front steps, he caught sight of his own reflection in one of the wide windows that flanked the door. He glimpsed what appeared to be a shadow of himself gazing out from inside the house, and he had the sensation that time was shifting into an undulant half-speed, slowing and collapsing inward. His crossing of the wide, wicker-furnished porch felt surreal. He hesitated for a minute, thinking about the fast-moving kaleidoscope of events that had unexpectedly led him back to Lima Street. Amy coming to London to attend a wedding in the hotel he was managing, falling in love with her the moment he saw her and getting married in a rush, conceiving Zack on their wedding night, the job offer from a Santa Monica hotel that came on the day Zack turned six months old, and then, a few weeks later, only eight days ago, landing at the Los Angeles airport and hearing Amy say, Justin, the first thing you need to do, now that you're back in California, is get in touch with your parents and your sisters. It's important. For Zack. I want him to know his family. If it had been left to Justin, it would have taken him much longer perhaps a lifetime, to return to this place. When he rested his hand on the bell beside the front door, he heard the lock click almost immediately, and the door was swung open by an Asian teenager. The sight of this girl in her skimpy T-shirt, tight jeans, and red baseball cap, seemingly so at ease in his parents' doorway, confused him. He cleared his throat to steady his voice before he spoke. Mr. Fisher or his wife? Are either one of them at home? The blank way the girl was looking at him made him feel off balance, as if he needed to explain himself. I'm their son, he said. Sorry, there's nobody named Fisher here. The girl shrugged and closed the door. Justin had never conceived of his mother or the rest of his family not being in this house. The idea that they were gone left him stunned. It was several minutes before he turned away from the closed door. He was almost at the sidewalk when the door opened again and the girl called out to him. Wait, my mom says the people we bought the house from, their father, the old man who lived here, he was named Fisher. She says she has the address of the place he went after he left here. And with that, the destination for Justin's awkward homecoming was no longer the house on Lima Street.